You know, I say this all the time, but I love being able to stand up here and watch you sing. Uh, because I can tell some of you, uh, just by the way you're singing, you would not care if this revival went tomorrow night and Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night. Um, I can just tell some of you, your hearts are already ready uh, for what God has, and that's, that's great. Um, and that's, that's what the whole purpose of the congregation singing and the special music is just to prepare us for what God has for us in his word. And uh, if we can get a blessing out of the singing, man, just think what we're going to get out of the preaching. Amen. It's going to be great. And uh, so, uh, but we're so glad to have uh, Brother Dignan. And it's hard to believe this is our last night, uh, but it has been a great week and uh, just exciting to see what God has done. And just looking forward to continuing uh, the friendship uh, between Brother Dignan and his family and uh, the church there. It's exciting to see what God's doing. Uh, appreciate you coming tonight and you preach for us. So, so thankful that you're here this week for us. Appreciate it. All right, it has been amazing. Hard to believe it is the last night of this revival, but thank God it's not the end of revival, amen? And we know that God's got plans. We're going to talk a bit about that tonight. But first of all, it is good to have some more deaf folk here. We have three deaf people in the room. Uh, we have uh, Natalie, who's visiting with Robert, who got saved on Monday night. And then Peaches is here again. And so we're, we're glad to have them here. So you get to see the message again in two languages. And Robert told me, this is what Robert told me Monday night. He says, Carbos, you do, you better make sure you have good health insurance. That's what he told me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he told my wife to tell me no more cartwheels. So, but anyway, so it's so good to be here. Uh, it's just been a, it's been a pleasure. I, the regret we have is that we didn't bring our whole family. It just didn't work out this year because of our trip we planned this Monday. We're leaving, going out west, and we're going to be speaking and doing a Deaf Awareness Sunday in Salt Lake City, Utah. Pray about that. Uh, the city that we're preaching is 95% Mormon, and yet there's a strong church there reaching people for the, the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's a blessing. And so, preacher, thank you so much. And, and, and Brother Stences, too, Dad, Mom, what a blessing it's been to be around you all. You just got an incredible church. And here we are on Wednesday night. You know, we thought, well, some of the visitors are going back to their home churches, and we still have a full house tonight, and just so grateful for that. It's been, we've gotten so close to the Stences family, they almost convinced us to buy a puppy today. <laughs> and uh, we were taking some pictures and sending back to our kids, and all four of our kids were messaging us, begging us to buy a puppy. And one of my daughters said, Dad, I'll marry whoever you want me to marry just so if I can get a puppy. <laughs> I was like, so they got to pry into our family's text group, which can be a very dangerous thing to read sometimes. But God has been so good. And we're just excited. I'm always blessed to be a part of a church like this. And knowing now when I go back home this Sunday morning, when I get up and get ready for our church services there in Jefferson City, Missouri, it'll just inspire me and just warm my heart to know there in Eaton, Ohio, there's a, there's a wonderful group of Christians saved by the grace of God who are gathering to preach the same book we're preaching. Thank God there's no competition. We are a cooperation. Amen. We are on the same team, headed to the same place, saved by the same Savior. And that's kind of what I want to preach about tonight. Tonight, I don't want to unite us on this cause that we're going to send a message to the devil and let him be known that revival will continue. Psalm 145 is we're going to be this evening. Psalm 145. Have you ever thought about this? When David showed up on the battlefield to slay Goliath, he showed up in the midst of a, an army, the children of Israel, with a king that was present. His older brothers were present. And they all brought their weapons. They brought their experience. They brought their training. 
They brought their heritage in being a child, uh, children of Israel. I mean, the, the, just the, the, being a son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was something they wore proudly. But they forgot to bring what David brought. And when David showed up, he brought something that I love. He brought with him that day God's reputation. My brother's preaching in my pulpit tonight. And just a little while, he'll be signing and preaching at the same time. And uh, what a blessing it is to have my brother preaching there. And he preaches a message that I've never heard anybody preach before about the real meaning of taking the name of the Lord in vain, according to the Old Testament commandment. And, you know, we oftentimes think when someone cusses God or uses God's name in, in, in a statement like they do in movies all the time or in sports, he actually thinks it more applies to the Christians today who say they're Christians but don't live it. And when David showed up that day on a battlefield, he was so concerned about God's reputation that he forgot about his own reputation. And that is a game changer as a church, as a Christian today. And David did not want God to look bad that day. Now, David would go on in his life and fail a few times to make God look bad. But his heart was always in the right place. He was called a man after pursuing God's own heart. And so tonight I want to encourage us to send a message to the enemy that no matter what happens, we are not going to give up on this beautiful gift, the spirit of revival. So let's stand together if we're able to in Psalm 145. We'll let you interpret the text, babe. My wife's going to interpret the text. And again, thank you for everything. The hotel room's been great. From the marriage retreat all the way up to tonight, the meals, the fellowship has been fantastic. My wife and I have been so blessed by all of you. And we even got homemade ice cream. We got Buckeyes, real Buckeyes. I'm not talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes. Who cares? I'm talking about peanut butter and chocolate Buckeyes. Now you all starting to see why I'm so big. I mean, I'm supposed to try not to eat all this stuff. People keep giving me ice cream and Buckeyes. And I mean, but praise the Lord. Thank you for being so generous. We even got a, I'm not a coffee drinker. Somebody even gave us coffee last night. And so my girls are excited about trying the coffee that was gifted to us. But y'all have been just so good. And thank you for buying the book. I hope the book's a blessing to you. I did forget to mention to you that a dollar from every book goes to missions and a dollar from every book sale goes to my parents. And so uh, we've been doing that ever since the book has been. I forgot to tell you about that. So thank you so much for getting the book. I hope it's a blessing to you. Psalm 145, verse 1. I love what the Bible says. I love this here. Now, we'll give the title in just a second. The Bible says this. I will. This is David. Now, this is a definitive statement. I will. All right, I'm not, I'm not maybe, not, I'll think about it, but I will, look at this, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. All right, you may be seated tonight. I love what David is saying here. David is saying, I have made up my mind. Nothing is going to deter me from the decision that I have already made. No matter what happens in life, no matter tomorrow what the circumstances of life bring my way, I will bless the Lord. Now, this is just an introductory statement. I'll give you the points in just a second, but we live in a God-bless Christianity. All right. In other words, we, we use the phrase God bless a lot. Um, someone sneezes, we say God bless. As we depart from each other tonight, many of us will say, hey, God bless, God bless, God bless. We'll miss you. See you later. God bless. We text it to people. We write it in letters. We send it in emails. God bless, God bless. And I can testify tonight. Can I get an amen right here? God has blessed. 
God has blessed all of us richly, especially as Americans tonight. And that's wonderful. But the only problem about consistently being only on a God-blessed Christianity is we become very unbalanced. And we start to get to the point in our Christian life where we consistently think that God does owe us something. Every once in a while, we need to take those two words, God bless, and switch them around and say, bless God. Now, listen, I will never outbless God. God has blessed me more than I'll ever bless him. But could it be that one of the reasons that David was so, so uh, blessed by God and so used of God. By the way, David was not a preacher. He was a politician, a warrior, a soldier, but a man, no doubt, who had a heart for God. And as you study this passage in Psalm 145, you see David teaching a beautiful principle. I mentioned it briefly this week, but I want to really focus on it tonight. A principle that Christians do not have anymore today in America, and that is the spirit of anticipation. Anticipation. I taught that sign at the marriage retreat, uh, and here it is. Let's learn that sign tonight. And some of you might have seen it in Sunday school, I think, too. But anticipation, okay? Get your hands out in front of you. Anticipation. And facial expressions are important, right? I mean, Sophie smiles a lot. Make sure you smile when you do the sign for anticipation, right? You're not going to look like this. I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating a great revival. I'm anticipating blessings in that building. I'm anticipating God to do some great things. No, no. It's I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating God's blessings. I'm anticipating God to do work as we consistently grow this church. Now with this new facility, I am in the spirit of anticipation. I love it. It means to re realize before beforehand to foretaste and foresee. I love that definition. Now, why as Christians tonight, can we live and exercise the spirit of anticipation? I'm glad you asked tonight. Thank you so much. Here's why. Because we have a God that has done it, is doing it, and will continue to do it. We have a God that blessed Moses and Abraham and Elijah and Peter and Paul and David all through the Bible. And all those men and even ladies like Ruth and Esther and Mary. And even though all those men, men and women have come and they're gone. The same God is on his throne. He's still the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he desires to bless his church and use his church. And God instituted the church. And it's the only institution he purchased with his own blood. And so tonight I want to encourage this church to be a bless God church. And number one tonight, the spirit of anticipation. The Bible says again in verse number one, I will extol thee, my God, uh, O King. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. Well, preacher, what if it rains tomorrow? Preacher, what if it snows tomorrow? Preacher, what if I get an unexpected bill tomorrow? Preacher, what if I get sick tomorrow? Preacher, see, many Christians today consistently allow external circumstances to dictate my spiritual behavior. And the challenge tonight is simply this, because I'm telling you right now that Thursday morning and Friday morning, Saturday morning, especially this Sunday morning, the devil's going to try to keep you from maintaining Maintaining the spirit of revival. And tonight as a church, we're sending him a message. We're making a decision. We are dictating to him that we will bless God. We will praise the Lord. We will extol God. No matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens next week, no matter what happens in our life, God is worthy. God is all powerful. And his reputation is at stake.
fake. And the world is watching now. And it's time to show the world how good our God is tonight. Amen. Amen. So number one, it's the spirit of anticipation. And that leads to number two, the influence on the next generation. This is a big burden for me. And I, I feel like I can preach as comfortably here at this church because it's a big burden of mine as I preach at my church. And seeing as I preach, I preach anywhere from 28 to 34 meetings a year and probably 85 percent of them are team meetings. And, and I choose team meetings a lot because I just feel like it's so important to invest in these young people right here. I mean, there are future husbands and wives. There are future voters, future preachers, future missionaries, future deacons, future Sunday school teachers, future youth workers. They're future leaders. And we have to invest in them. And listen, many Christians today are not wanting to follow the previous generation because we've lost the spirit of anticipation. But if you'll notice in verse number four, the Bible says this. I'm sorry, verse number, yeah, verse number four. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Can I say something tonight that's so significant? The next generation needs to know what God has done in our lives. The next generation needs to know how God has blessed us. The next generation needs to know that God is worthy of praise and blessing him. And this next generation has been so impressed and taught by the world uh, to look at celebrities and football stars and basketball stars. But here's what I've learned. Michael Jordan got old and couldn't play anymore. Joe Montana had to retire. Tom Brady even finally retired. Maybe, I guess. And as you look around the world, athletes come and they go. Actors come and they go. But the next generation has got to know that we are passing them something that is so valuable. The world can't touch it. The devil can't imitate it. Nobody can take it away from us. And that is the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. The next generation desperately needs to see the spirit of anticipation. Uh, several months back, my son and I were driving to church alone. And, and if you know anything about our family at our house, and I'm not expecting everybody to be this way. When I get up, my wife and I have, a, have our own room in the basement. And the kids are all upstairs. What a blessing that is. Amen. But, but in the morning when I get dressed finally and I start making my way up, I just start singing and making a lot of noise. I'm very excited about going to church. I make it a big one. I have for years. And recently, my son and I were driving to church together, and I was singing out loud, and, and my son looked a little frustrated. I said, Dad, or I said, Grant, what's wrong? He goes, Dad, this. And he just pointed at me and said, this. It's too much, Dad. You know what? I'd rather my son say it's too much than not enough. Amen. I want the children to see people that are happy serving God. Listen, church, this is such a, it's such a little, it's a little tricky change. It's not a big deal. But the fact of the matter is, is we sometimes teach the next generation that we have to do this. It's a burden to do this. No, no, church. We get to do this tonight. We get to be a part of this church. And 8 billion people on this planet, if they knew what we really had, and if we knew what we really had, we would shout and praise God for the rest of our life because God has been so good to us. And when the world comes knocking on our teenagers and our children's door, they look at the devil and laugh in his face and say, you think you've got something better than my God? You're crazy. Hallelujah. Church, God's been good to us. That's one thing I'll say about David, man. He, he portrayed God as a God of blessing, a God worth praising, 
A God worth testifying about. A God worth living about. A God worth telling. I mean, the beautiful song the teens just sang. Hallelujah. All I have is Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is my life. Hallelujah. That's the life we live. We realize the spirit of anticipation. We now can influence the next generation. And number three, this is the one we don't always like. It's going to take some perspiration. Hallelujah. Perspiration. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy building a church. It's not easy serving God. I know that. There is an enemy in church like this. Churches like this, you are going to see opposition. I often tell my church, God uses people, but sadly, so does the devil. And devil is even good at using Christians sometimes. Saved people. And they might mean well, but the devil's got them deceived and they cause some problems in the church. But listen, church, when you're so busy perspiring for Jesus, when you're so busy in perspiration for Jesus, when you're like Nehemiah on the wall building, you ain't going to have time to come downstairs and sit around in the gossip circles. Help me now. There's too much gossiping in America. Gossiping's making too much money. I mean, we had TV shows where people sit around and all they do is criticize other people. I, I gave up watching that junk a while back and my spirit grew drastically. But as you read down through this passage, you'll see here. Look at verse number four. The Bible says that we will watch this now. I love this. Actually, I've lost my place there. Sorry about that. In, the, in chapter four, or verse four, it says, One generation shall praise thy works to another. Verse number five, uh, of thy wondrous works. Verse number six, of thy terrible acts. That means really wonderful or wondrous acts. And as you read on down through the passage, you see God is a God that does works. He does miracles. He does incredible things all the time. And we have the ability to be a part of that. It is okay to perspire for the glory glory of God to put your hand to the plow. What a blessing it was for my wife and I to spend time with the workers Sunday afternoon and tonight before church, spending some time fellowshipping. Hey, can I tell you something? I know many of you are not paid by the church, but God's keeping track. God sees every sweat drop. God sees every tear. God knows exactly what you've done for those kids in the nursery, in the teen group, whatever ministry you serve in, driving the bus, knocking on doors, inviting people to church. God's keeping track. And someday when we get to heaven, Hallelujah. We're going to see all those people get a pat on the back from God. Amen. A lot of churches today have almost believed the get rich, get rich quick scheme a philosophy, right? Listen, nothing in the Christian life comes easy. And then the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 6, except salvation. 2 Samuel chapter 6, when David decided to bring the ark of God back to Israel. He made a big mistake. He allowed the world to teach him how to transport the ark. They put it on a new cart. And God was watching the whole time. The Bible says it hit a hole and it stumbled a little bit. And a man reached out to stabilize it and he died on the spot. And David was grieved, frustrated. And they put it in a man's house named Obed-Edom. And he went back to Jerusalem and opened up the old books and they read through it and found out. You don't do it that way. Hey, church, listen to me. The world doesn't teach us how to do church. Help me now. The world doesn't teach us how to do music. The world doesn't teach us how to preach. The world doesn't teach us how to dress. The world doesn't teach us how to testify. The world doesn't teach us how to live. Listen, it's sad that it used to be a time in American history when the church influenced the world. We live in a world today where the world is influencing the church. God help us now. 
And so I challenge all of us tonight to realize like David, when David went back and they dusted off the books and they opened up the word of God and they read through it and they discovered you got to go back to the old ways. They had to bear it upon a staff. They had to break a sweat. And the Bible says when they went six paces and nobody died, they had revival. And guess what? The ark got back to Israel where it was supposed to be and revival took place. Why? Because they were willing to perspire for God. They were willing to be tired for God. They were willing to be spent for God. They were willing to be exhausted for God. Why? He is worthy. He is worthy tonight. Anticipation. The next generation. Number three, perspiration. And number four, I love this one, church. Jubilation. Jubilation. Can I tell you something real good tonight? This is going to be good. Y'all going to be encouraged by this. As you read down through Psalm 145, there's only 21 verses here. You see, as you get on down there near the latter part of the chapter, verse number 19, the Bible says, He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Right now as Christians today, it is frustrating. We look at the world and sometimes feel like, man, the devil sure is getting away with a lot. And the world seems to be succeeding at what the world wants to do. But may I remind you what Philippians 2 says, that at the name of Jesus, every, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I often say to people, hey, if you do it before you die, you go to heaven. If you do it after you die, you go to hell. You might as well do it before you die because every, every, every single knee, every single tongue is going to acknowledge someday that Jesus Christ is Lord. The ones that have hated him, the crusades that have gone against Christ, uh, all throughout history, the attacks on Christianity, even today, uh, the, the media and the world consistently bombard Christianity. But you know why I want to stay at it? You know why I don't want to quit? You know why I want to continue that spirit of anticipation? You know why? Because I want to be able to say like Paul, I finished. I crossed that line. I ran my race. I don't care about if I have the biggest church or not. I I just want to be somebody that finishes what he is worthy. He finished for me. Bless God. I want to finish for him. And someday there'll be a sweet jubilation when God looks down upon all of us and he calls us home as we preached about the rapture last night and we all get to heaven someday and God says you made it. You finished strong. Oh yeah, it's temptations to quit church. I had somebody tell me recently, I'm going to quit. And I asked him kindly, quit to where? Where are you going to quit to? If you're going to quit something here, you got to go somewhere else. What's better than this? It is hard being a Christian, but I can testify tonight. It's harder not being a Christian. I'm glad Jesus is with me through the hard times. I'm glad he hears my prayer. I'm glad I can praise his name. I thank God that I walk with him. I thank God that he's always been there. I thank God that I'm on the winning side. I thank God that victory's been given to me. I thank God that the enemy has been defeated. I know that there's 
still the devil that works. But he already knows he's lost. He already knows he's done for. And my Savior lives. Easter's coming soon. And it's a reminder to the world that, that a grave could not keep him. Sin could not keep him. The hell could not keep him. The devil could not keep him. Death could not keep him. Jesus bore my sin. He who knew no sin became sin for me. And he defeated them all. I'm on the winning side tonight. I have victory in Jesus. Hallelujah tonight. I don't have to wait for jubilation. I can have it right now because of Jesus Christ. So tonight, church, every time you come to church, every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, every time you unite with the family of God, it's a reminder to all of you and to the enemy himself. We have won and you are a loser. He's lost. Does he have power? Yes. Not as much as him. Does he have influence? Yes, but not as much as him. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I know the devil could whip me, but he can't whip my big brother. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Tonight, church, maintain the spirit of anticipation. He's coming. Anticipate the rapture. And until the rapture happens, anticipate great things. Anticipate blessings. Anticipate revival. Church, I think about this oftentimes. Right now, tonight, here we are in church. What is it? March 22nd, right? 2023. There's a man sitting on his couch somewhere in Eaton, Ohio, that doesn't know that the next year he's going to get saved and be sitting in this church. There's a teenager out there right now in Eaton, Ohio, who's struggling. He's lost. Or she's lost. And they, they, they have the pressures of this world on them to lose their purity to fit in with the world, to fit in at school. And little did they know that God's planning this divine appointment where somebody from First Baptist Church of Eden is going to meet them and they're going to discover the truth. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been saved since pastor's been here. You were sitting on a couch on Wednesday night with nothing else to do except watch TV. And here you are in church tonight. Anticipate that. As you drive through the neighborhoods, wonder who in this neighborhood, God, is about to get saved. Who in the street right now is about to join this church? Who in this neighborhood is about to get saved and baptized and grow? Who in this neighborhood in the next two years is going to be a leader in this church? I think about that stuff all the time. Why? Because God already knows. And I just, I'm chasing that dream. I'm chasing that, anticipating what God is fixing to do. So as we end this revival, we're in the revival services, revival itself is not ending. Church, you and I can leave tonight with a spirit of anticipation. Knowing the next generation is watching us. And with willingness, we're going to have perspiration. And know that someday be worth it because of the jubilation. Heads your bad eyes are closed. Thank you for listening so well tonight. Heads your bad eyes are closed. I felt strongly. I had a whole other message planned to preach tonight. And I was surprised when the Lord led me to preach this earlier today. But I think here's why. It's 749. We've only been in church for 49 minutes. I feel like this is a great opportunity to really spend some time at the altar. In fact, if, if pastor wants to correct me, he's always right and I'm wrong. This is his pulpit. But I, what I would recommend even at this moment is that some of us pray together. Maybe not at this altar, but if you have a friend or someone in this church you really love or look up to, you just find them in the auditorium and just spend some time praying together that God will continue the spirit of anticipation. Or maybe you just want to go tell somebody how good God's been to you and bless God for a little while. I mean, God has blessed us. Let's bless him for a little while. Or maybe tonight 
you and your wife want to come together and pray at the altar. And just pray, ask for me and my house. Or maybe you want to do all of the above. Maybe you and your wife can pray together. And then on your way back, you're going to stop and talk to a friend of mine and say, hey, God's done this for me lately. What has he done for you? Or maybe you're going to go across the uh, auditorium and see that friend or that mentor, somebody you love, and say, hey, God did this for me. What has God done for you? And just share together. This is, we're, we're church family. Man, I love the family. The church family. Thank God for the family of God. Tonight, as always, the most important decision you'll make is the decision of salvation. With their heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I wonder if someone will say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven someday. I'm not sure that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Would you pray for me tonight? Here's my hand tonight. I need to be saved. Pray for me. If that's you, would you quietly lift up your hand? Anybody in the building tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure I'm saved. I need to be saved tonight. Here's my hand. All right. I often tell my church, and again, pastor can do whatever he wants, but I often tell my church, if we're not willing to get out of our seat and pew in church and go testify and talk to somebody, how in the world are we going to do it outside of church, right? I want to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone tonight. Pray with somebody. That's why I finished a little bit earlier on purpose tonight, church. I really, I'm a firm believer in the invitation time. An older preacher taught me years ago, he says, preach in such a way that people say, he's done already? He could have went a little longer and said, man, that dude could have shut up a long time ago, right? But I ended on purpose tonight quickly. Holy Spirit told me, just, just end it so that we can have this invitation time where we can pray together as a family. Teenagers, some of you young men, get together with some. We need some young men to lead again in America. Get together as a youth group and just pray that God will continue to bless your youth group and, and that you'll be difference makers in Eaton, Ohio. Make a difference. I'm telling you, church, I don't say this everywhere I go. My wife can, my wife can testify. You have something very special here. I really believe God's getting ready to do some great things in your midst. Don't miss it. Just anticipate it. Every single week, expect God to do great and greater and greater and greater and greater things. I'm praying for you all. You've got a friend in Bible Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri. We love y'all. We're, we're sister churches. We're brother churches. Whatever gender you want to go with. We're sister brother churches, all right? But let's make a difference in this community. Let's make a difference in this world. Let's not let that fire go away in a few weeks. Let's not let that spirit wane. Let's just keep that passion going. Let's anticipate the great things and be thankful for the little things and then really look for the big things when it's all said and done. If it's a God thing, it's a big thing no matter what. So tonight as I turn over to pastor, I just want to say thank you again and we love you all. We're looking forward to hearing great things. You, me and your pastor are friends. I mean, we're, I told my wife this week, I got a new friend this week. He and I are going to be Friends for life. I cannot wait to see our friendship develop. And I'm excited about hearing what God's going to do in this midst of this place. So anticipate it. Don't quit. It gets tough, but hang in there. It gets discouraging, but don't quit. Don't quit. And look for that jubilation day. Let's go ahead and stand. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor now at this time. And I want to encourage you again to get out of your comfort zone. Pray with somebody. Testify to somebody. And let's maintain that spirit of anticipation. Thank you so much. God bless, preacher.